What's up, fine folks? Welcome to episode seven of Double Taps. I'm Jay. I'm Tanner. Today, Tanner, I just got to say, this is my favorite small microbrewery, I guess is the mm. term, the fancy yeah. term, out there in the world today. Urban Artifact out of Cincinnati. Because they make a crap ton of sours, which mm. everyone knows, sours are my jam. It's a vi- <laughs> This guy loves a good sour. Uh I've personally have never seen this can, and this can's very interesting. It's got like a, I don't know if the camera's going to pick that up, but it has like a little little lady mm-hmm. working. At, it looks like a roller desk kind yeah. of thing. It's at a desk. She's just trying to make a living. Just off. Living, Barely getting by. Living off money and limes. There's limes on the thing. That's yeah, it's a key I, lime goza, which is like, yeah. again, my probably my, if I had to get really specific, Maybe my favorite type of beer. Very sour. A little salty. A little sour. Let's see what he thinks. What's he, he's going in for a taste. Oh, I like it. Oh, wow, yeah, it's, it's a, good. It's a punch right in the mouth in a good way. And it's called Key Punch. So there, there you, go. you go. You nailed it. Anyway, Tanner. Yes. We both know one thing we've been playing, which we will talk about much more in depth here right. in a little bit. We will delay. Uh, but what else have you been playing to complement that experience? Uh, basically, only Rocket League. As yeah. we continue to just... We did some of that last night. Hammer the table. Yeah, Jay came over yesterday and we played... Uh, For the old derby. That's true. We, we watched the Kentucky Derby. Uh, shout out to Soup and Sandwich, who did not win, but no. my favorite name in the derby. Uh, and then we also played a little bit of the game we're going to talk about later, which might be in the title of this episode. And then... Will. <laughs> uh, yeah, we played some Rocket League. I played a little bit of Rocket League early this morning with uh, with my buddy Straub. That was pretty fun. I'm trying to think if I've been playing anything else. Mm-hmm. I think it's mainly those two things. Because yeah, the only other thing I've been playing besides the game that we won't mention yet yeah. in Rocket League is MLB The Show, which you saw right. me play a little bit of. Yes. You saw me throw six perfect innings. You did. Then there were immediately two line drives. And I was like, take me out. I want out. <laughs> you did say, take uh, me out. Well, at that once, okay, I'm trying to get the W. For baseball stats, like wins and losses are a statistic specific yes. to pitchers. Right, yeah. Um. So once I was like, okay, I'm, you know, no runs allowed through six innings, I'm like, relieve me we're up by like five runs yeah just get me the dub and i'll get out so and i got promoted to triple a which was a nice silver trophy that i was not expecting yeah uh, i've heard i haven't looked too deeply at the trophy list yet apparently not a very difficult platinum oh so i'm a, i'll consider it yeah that's uh, that's a fun i know skinny one. got the platinum for for last 20, years right yeah but when you play 800 hours of a game what else do you expect you, <laughs> right, you're bound yeah, to get that's it fair just statistically I wonder uh, how online heavy it is. Yeah, I was wondering that too. And apparently the servers for this game have not been hot to start hmm. uh, from launch. Maybe that has to do with they had to integrate them with, you know, Xbox. That's true. You know, a lot of stuff. It's such an interesting game to continue to follow. And it's fun. If you like baseball. Yeah, it looked great. It Go for it. Weirdly, almost <laughs> watching you play it almost sold me on finally buying NBA 2K21. Yeah, I was like, you're like, I'm about to pull the trigger. Well, the like, only reason I did that is because... Your my player situation or whatever it's called in that game, yeah, uh, reminded me so much of how much fun I have in two K's my player in a very similar sort of you know sports grindy podcast kind of way. Yeah, so. and in one of the best details, I love a game that can get my full name and they have the audio it, for did. my they full did name. Say and I your was, full name. I was, was loving nice. that. Uh, so let's delay. We'll come back to our game that you all know that we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about a little you bit of news. You could say we'll return to it. We might return it. to it, and we might return to it over and over again in the next few weeks, maybe. That's true. You know, who knows? It should be very thematically appropriate. Anyway, there was a state of play yes. last week. 
uh, it was light on content, but everyone knew that because the focus was all about Ratchet. Yes. But let's talk about the couple of other things that were there first. Okay. Uh, there was some Subnautica Below Zero footage. Right. Uh, a lot of people have been comparing it to Red Dead Redemption 2, I've heard. Uh, <laughs> this is a callback to last week, if you weren't listening to last week's yeah, exactly. episode. Very good. Well uh, done. Anyway, a game that I care at literally zero about, Subnautica. Both Do you of care them. below zero about it? Pretty much. Uh, yeah, I actually, I actually haven't seen any footage from the state of play, but uh, I enjoyed Subnautica 1 uh, pretty... I enjoyed it pretty well. Uh, I will say it got to a point where it got frustrating, but I enjoyed the sort of building your base out mm-hmm. and, and making that sort of your survival mechanic similar to like a don't starve almost where you build out your camp and that kind of is where you hone in your survivor stuff and you go further and further so from it is the camp. a survival game yes okay uh, there is a story element to it though you can like win the game but it has survival elements it's not permadeath like you mm-hmm. do respawn but that oh. is definitely the the core mechanic is like just being able to venture further and further each time um it's a pretty fun game i, I enjoyed it quite a bit but I don't know where my interest is at on below zero um, remains to be seen. I guess we'll mm-hmm. see what the price point is and we'll see how much I'm wanting that kind of edge, but I enjoyed Subnautica. Yeah. The other game that they talked about aside from ratchet, which is still more interesting to me just because of the game that it is and the phenomena that it has become among yeah. us. Yes. Coming to PlayStation. Yeah. Uh, um, among us looks like it's going everywhere from yeah. what I saw Uh huge for that game, because if you don't know about among us, I'm surprised that you're yeah. listening to this podcast and don't True. know about it because it is not only is it a Twitch phenomenon, it is just a huge phenomenon among like the youth. Like my uh, nephew, like is yeah. familiar and kids love among us. us. And it's, it helps that that game can be played for free on iOS devices. Um, that definitely helps for sure. But yeah, I, I think this is a good thing for that team. I sort of root for that team just because I have a very tangential connection to a connection to a member of that team and i'm just kind of like rooting for them yeah um but you know among us is among us i've played it a couple times it's fun it's yeah. one of those games that you definitely need a big group for i would love to i've never played it with actually a group of people that i know yeah. and i would love to do that it's really fun i didn't love it as a stream game personally like for my own stream it was fun being on other people's streams and not having to stream it myself but i imagine everyone streaming it all at the same time might get a little sure. chaotic for my tastes, but uh, yeah, it's a really fun concept and good for them for cranking it out else, elsewhere. Yeah. I imagine it'll be like five, $10 something. I think Pretty it's, low. Oh, I don't know how much it is on steam. I think it's like nine ninety nine, maybe. Okay, yeah. I imagine a very similar it might, price tag. It might be 20 now. I can't remember. And I'll probably, I imagine I'll get it just because I want, you know, I have it on my phone, but I've barely ever touched it. Yeah. And that would just give me a better, avenue where i would want to play games period i don't really play games on my phone much right. at all no me neither uh, but the big story from this state of play ratchet and clank rift apart yes looks really good yep i still probably won't get it yes but i'm so, sure you probably will yeah we're kind of two sides of the coin here because i uh I, i've sung the praises of the ps4 ratchet and clank to me i absolutely adore that game i love the combat of it i love the way it plays um i love the way it looks that was one of at the time it released, and it seems like this might be a similar case where maybe not PS4's best looking game now looking back, but like at the time it came out, it was one of the best looking games, oh, yeah. especially because it had like that Pixar style. Um, and this game looks phenomenal it visually. Really, it does. It's probably going to be the best looking PS5 game we've seen thus far. Um, well, depending on how you define that, but because Demon's Souls looked amazing. But outside of the visuals, I just, I love the way this, I love the arcade combat. I love all the gun tropes. I just, I think it's really, really fun, but yeah, you are, are you not intrigued a soul by rivet. Yeah. Eh, I mean, like 
I am, and I know it seems like Rivet's going to have a big part in this game. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how different. Like, I don't think I'm going to feel any different about Rivet than I do Ratchet, which is like, yeah, they're cool. They're Lombax. Yeah. Lombi. <laughs> yeah. Is that how you put it? I don't it? know. Um, Lombaxi. Nice. Lombaxes. Lombax handles. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, no, I like, I'm sure Rivet will be great and Ratchet's great. And I, I, I don't have like. I'm not like f- excited because we never met Rivet, Rivet before, no. so we'll see with the game if I really attach to them or not. Yeah, and I'm. I wish that 2016 Ratchet had grabbed me more. Mm. I played maybe a couple hours of it. Uh, I respect it for what it is. It's just a really good. It, it does though feel like a retro game modernized in terms sure. of the style, like you know the arcadey combat, you know. Not super open world or anything like segmented levels that you're you know grinding your way through. Yeah, collecting what is it like screws? Yeah, it reminds uh, me of like the stuff from like the old Lego games. You're collecting the pegs, like all that stuff. Sure, it sure. has all those retro tropes that I respect, but I'm sort of like not looking for anymore. Mm. And personally, having no sentimental attachments to Ratchet, I didn't play those games growing up. Yeah, it just kind of was like, okay, I'm glad this is out here for the people who are into it, but. For me personally, even as acclaimed as it is, and even though 2016 was effectively just a reboot and a remake right. of the OG of one, the first one, like, yeah. I was just like, yeah, it's not for me. What's funny is I also had no sentimental connection yeah. to the series, and I just ended up loving it on yeah. a whim. But I don't know. I, and I again, I'm tempted to go. They just patched in 60 frames uh, for the 2016 version, right? A few weeks back, if you played on PS5, and I'm tempted. And one of these days, I'll probably get around to doing it. And yeah. hopefully by that time, Rift Apart will be cheaper in case it pulls me <laughs> that's in. That's fair. So, yeah, that's a good point. Who knows? But I very much anticipate this game being in Game of the Year conversations sure. from a lot of people. Yeah, so, I'm excited to get into it. I don't but, need to be. It's one of the, it's one of the games where. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut Go ahead. Uh, it's one of those games now where I kind of intentionally, once they said the state of play was like, oh, it's all Ratchet and a couple indie titles. I was like. I'm going to stay away from this one yeah. simply because I've seen enough. I don't need to be sold on it anymore. I also don't really like when they do that. Like have a singular game focused state of play pre-announced. Like, yeah, it's a very Nintendo thing to do. Yeah, it's like, I would rather you the just smash direct. Yeah, like drop a trailer or something like any form of surprise is better than saying, hey, this is exactly what this is. And this format where we have announced big games before is now just sort of getting watered down by these more singularly focused presentations where if you went into this expecting anything other than what they told you, which you shouldn't have, I don't know why anyone would, but right. You know, some people might have. Yeah. And going some people forward, not, may, have, may have seen, Oh, it's a state of play, but not here's what the state yeah. of play is. And they might look forward and say, Hey, next state of play is like a, it's yeah. just a watered down term. Yeah. They should, they should have just called it like a ratchet and clink showcase. Yeah. And then just released elsewhere the Among Us and Subnautica yeah. stuff. And if po- I guess Pokemon Presents, but they could absolutely just kind of like pre- PlayStation Presents. Yeah, exactly. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, like yeah. something like that. Yeah, that works so well. You know, food for thought, Jim Ryan. <laughs> anyway, Tanner, maybe the most unexpected and weird story of the week, but okay. weird in a good way. Super Mario Party got yes. an unexpected update. Yeah. Bringing an online mode to the game. Uh, and you can do online like normal, you know, if you join a rent match with random people, or you can do duos online, which mm. is what I saw. Uh, cool. Yeah, like, it came I, out of absolutely nowhere. Uh, this was one of those things that I, I even saw some people saying that there were traces of this back when the game launched. Like people could find like some of the code of yeah. being like it might go online at some point. I remember some people saying at the time, oh, I'll buy it when it goes online. I was like, it'll never go online. 
It's Mario Party. Um, and this is a very pleasant surprise. I kind of thought all along that they would do another Mario Party, and that would be the big feature. It's like, yeah. now you can play it online. Um, I do know that Nintendo just recently swapped their internet in- infrastructure, like the way they do mm-hmm. online. So, like, all their servers are different now, which hopefully means better servers for their games because inter- Nintendo servers were notoriously bad. trash, um, especially among, like, the fighting game community. Smash players hated Nintendo servers. Yeah. Um, so hopefully those are better now. Uh, and maybe this is the first sign of that. Maybe they've created a way where going online is a lot easier or they just start patching online into all sorts of games Yeah, or patching games to make their online better, like smash or, you know, there's a lot of culprits. I would, I would imagine that you have to be pretty confident and maybe this was why they didn't do it before. You have to have pretty good servers to do some of the finite competitions in Mario party, right? Mm -hmm. Like, the button oh, mashing yeah. ones like you could be half a second off and that might determine whether you get first or last mm-hmm. in some of those games so hopefully the servers are good i love that this exists it makes me want to like start getting back into it and playing it with friends online and yeah yeah that's the thing i never bought this most recent mario party um yeah just because it's one of those things that if someone in your friend group has it there's no point in multiple people having right. it. that's all you need so you had it so if the off chance we ever wanted to play it we could yeah and i mean this I guess it's kind of t- if this had trophies or something, I would really be I would 100 percent go in. Yes. You know, do everything. because I love Mario Party. It's one of my favorite. Like, oh, it's so good. Nostalgic franchises out there. Uh, but just for, you know, casual, just playing at home on a, you know, break. I, I don't know. It's just not, yeah, it's not it's, selling for selling it for me in that form. Mario Party is not a great game to play by yourself. No, definitely so not. That makes total sense. Anyway, here's a good game to play by yourself, though, oh. because you can't play it with other people. Oh. Jedi Fallen Order. Oh. Is officially getting a next-gen upgrade this summer. Ooh. And I'm moderately excited about it. Yeah. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order is one of those games that was great because it was not crowded like or by other things when it came out. Mm. It was like, this game's coming out. I've heard it's Soulsy. I've, it's Star Wars, which is, you know, kind of cool, even though I talked a lot of smack about Star Wars. I'm pretty sure it was last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we, we talked some Star Wars but shit. This, is what, this was a good Star Wars IP, you know, expansion, that yeah. sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see it with the boosted frame rate. I literally started a, re- a playthrough of it like a week ago and stopped, not mm. because of this news, but because I was just like, I'm just not feeling it quite yet. Yeah. I'm almost feeling it, but yeah. I wasn't quite there. Are you excited for the Ye- chance to play this game again at a higher fidelity? Yes and no, I guess. Uh, did you get the platinum? No. Okay, so that would be the one thing of being like, okay, because I knew the trophy, the trophy weren't, weren't actually that bad if yeah. memory serves. Um, that would be the one thing like drawing me back. But I've noticed that I, I love these games getting these patches. I love more upgrades for the new consoles and giving people more reasons to own them, even though I know a lot of people still want to own them and can't yet. Um, that being said, there's I've realized that as much as I celebrate this news, it doesn't actually make me go back and play these yeah. games a lot of the time. So I'm, I'm glad it's happening. Uh, maybe this will be the thing that finally pushes me to replay that game and uh, get the trophies. But yeah. And I think the thing about it, though, is as much as I remember, I like that game. I probably have given that game like an eight or in that ballpark. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but Looking back on it, I tend to remember the things that I disliked about it more than the things that I liked about I, it. Yeah, I totally agree. Notably, the map and the way that you're exploring and you can't really... If you're deep into a map and you're like, okay, I need to get back to my ship. There's no way to just instantly go you back to your ship. You can't fast travel, yeah. And so you have to look at this map. And this map is the most obnoxious... Like <laughs> It's so obtuse. Yeah, it's really, really hard to navigate. Even these like 
because it's not a huge interconnected world. Each level is its own little yeah. map. Yeah. Uh, but it's still big enough and dense enough and have a lot of convoluted pathways that it's super hard yeah. to navigate with this map that you can't really read well. Yeah, the map, it's it's not that the it's not the fact that the levels are so complex necessarily. It's that the levels are so complex and the map is just so hard to read. Yeah. It's like the map makes it look complex. It's like a stacked 3D thing, almost like a house uh blueprint in a way, but they're all layered over top of each other. Yeah. And like you can't tell if your marker is above you or below you, if it's on the same level as you. It's yeah, that map was one of the one of the worst parts about that game. And there's some other stuff like that game was a little bit buggy it when, was. It, when it came out when I played it. Um I think there I think I even had I want to say I had like a few crashes of the game, like just straight up taking me out of the game. Um but overall, I mean the combat was really fun. The the story was fine. What I was gonna say is like no spoilers, but it only lightly integrates into like very mainstream Star Wars lore. Yes. I would have liked to see more like st- Star Wars characters I was familiar with that's tied in. Yeah, some more cool cameos. There's really only one significant cameo in the game. Yeah, which if you um, haven't had that spoiled, that's incredible. It really is. Congratulations. That's a great moment in the game. If you, it is. If you're a Star Wars fan, and you haven't played this. This is a must-play game because it's among Star Wars games one of the absolute oh, best. Totally agree. Yeah, um, and it's a really good game. I think eight's perfect for it because it does a lot of things really well. I don't think it does anything that's like massively surprising. Yeah, I know. But it's just like I mean, except for maybe that part. But, like, as a gameplay thing, it's just really solid. Yeah, and to understand, like, the Inquisitors and, like, the... That's what the story is about, more or less. If yeah. you look and know where it's set uh, in the Star Wars timeline canon and all that sort of stuff. But that's a lot of info for people who are only casual Star Wars fans to jump in and understand. But <laughs> That's true. More or less, it's just post-Revenge of the Sith, all of these, they're called Inquisitors, are hunting all the Jedi that are left. And you yeah. obviously play as a Jedi that is being hunted. Right. That's pretty much the summation of the story. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's I would recommend it. It's very solid. I wouldn't highly recommend it, but I would recommend it. I'd agree. Especially if you're a Star Wars fan. Yes. But if you're a Star Wars fan, you've probably played it. <laughs> That's true. That's fair. Uh, Tanner, our last before we get into the big news story. OK. Our last little news story. Yeah. Uh, did you see this? What IO Interactive is going to be doing? Other than we know they're doing James Bond. So, yeah, all I know is about James Bond. They're doing something else. What are they doing? They're going to be doing a, and this is very broad. We don't know any specifics. Okay. An Xbox exclusive fantasy IP. Oh. And that's all we know. Huh. And which seems very like a left turn for IO. Yeah. Going from Hitman and James Bond to something fantasy. fantasy. Like, you know, Dragon Age, all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. I don't know how to feel about it. I didn't get, I, I, at this point, though, I trust IO. It's me too. They're, they've you know proven their metal. Yeah, that I love that word. Uh, but yeah, Hit, Hitman. T T E L. Yeah, or L E. Excuse uh, me. We both sung the praises of of Hitman Three, and they are so consistent. But I just don't know. Do they do they play similarly? Or? I have to imagine it's something completely different. Yeah, I don't know how you can frame something in a fantasy setting in the mission oriented style of like yeah. a hitman because james bond obviously folds right into the hitman sure, style yeah. you could probably reskin hitman 3 to make it a exactly. james bond game but i don't under yeah it's there's a world of possibilities it's actually beyond we can't even picture all the That's possibilities true. In a fantasy, i just so. huh it's kind of a it's slightly well it's an xbox exclusive so the chances i play it relatively soon are pretty thin anyway um or whenever it comes out i will say I was very close the other day to impulse buying an Xbox if they were available. Really? I almost did. Why? I was. It was when I got the Stimmy, and I was just oh, like, "Oh, you were looking for a way to." 
I guess, is it? And there was there was some game that was announced. That were, and obviously, all the Bethesda stuff, you know. Yeah. There's just there's a lot of good reasons to buy one. Well, and you don't have a PC, so I don't. That makes sense. Well, for me, it's a lot harder that's of a true. sell. Yeah, you're um, you're set for life. Yeah, because they're just going to port everything to PC. So that's where I would play it. But I'm kind of bummed out just because I think there are enough fantasy games. I'm not a I'm not a huge fantasy game guy uh, anyway in general. So like maybe it'll sell me on it. I mean, I tr- like you said, I trust IO enough that yeah. I'll at least give it a give it a look. But I kind of wanted to see them do something, I guess, not fantasy, but that's selfish. So. Well, they're good with James Bond, you know? Yeah, that's true. I, I'm excited that. for the James Bond game. Me I think it's going to be awesome. I think, I think they're going to knock that one out of the park. Yeah, me too. Tanner. So, the way we're structuring the show today, we kind of have two topics as our big topics. So, I'm going to do this now. This is the the two episodes, now three episodes old segment of Crazy Shit I Found on Reset Era. Now I have a I have a twofer for you, oh, Jay. Yeah. Uh, so I have sort of a normal entry, and then I have sort of a fun entry that everybody on Reset Era is in on the joke. Okay, um, I'm so, not. I'm excited. So this is a uh, <laughs> this is the normal version, okay. the normal type of post that we like uh, from member Trippa Seca, whose picture is uh, Norman Reedus from Death Stranding with sunglasses and a hat on. Okay, <laughs> they say this is their original post. Flight, cart, bus, train, space travel simulators. Okay. All games with great gameplay loops, whether they're short or long. But I've never seen a cargo ship simulator. (laughs) Driving and docking ships is actually pretty cool. And we'd have to manage routes, loading and unloading, weight management, storms, personnel, shipment contracts, ship models, construction, and all that. Is there such a game? If not, why? P.S. You may think Ship Simulator Extreme would do it, but it looks more like a driving sim. Not, there's a Ship Simulator Extreme? I guess so. It's linked in the in the, in the post. Not the whole deal. Also, would you like such a game? <laughs> now, now, do I have do I have a theory that this guy is working on a cargo ship simulator <laughs> game and is just trying to gauge interest? Maybe. Look, this sounds more like something that you pay thousands of dollars for and at the end you just get a supply chain management degree <laughs> yeah well someone someone further down was like not to yuck any yums like if you're into that idea that's great i just think it's funny that even people someone further down was like i love simulators this sounds boring as hell <laughs> like, like that's the line for some people you know microsoft flight simulator yeah you're not like organizing the passengers on the plane <laughs> right yeah you're not yeah like, exactly you're not selling tickets you're flying the plane, which, again, which is the fun part. <laughs> all four, all four, like management sims. I get it, but that specific type of management sim of just like I want the most exciting thing I do is parallel park a boat. It's like all right, I'm, I'm out. It, 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 it reminds me of games like Papers Please. Yes. I think is a great example of this. Where like the conceit of the game is ridiculously boring. Yes, but it is made colorful by these characters that you right. encounter. And by and the that story sort of thing. and so like you know if you're pulling into Beirut with a giant cargo ship and talking to some really quirky character, yeah, maybe, maybe. that'll be yeah. fun. Get Lucas Pope to make it, or get uh uh Zolivier Nelson to make it, who just made uh the dog airport. What game. was that person's first name? Uh, Zolivier. That's awesome. Which I used to say is Zolivier, but it was wrong. <laughs> it's X A L A V I E R. Wow. Zolivier is his name. He's a very, very cool dude. Uh, he's he's a friend of my buddy Chubbigan's, and he, it was so funny. I can't remember what I was playing, but he was the narrative director on Hypnospace Outlaw, 
Um, he just did the dog airport game that I can't remember the title of because it's really long. Um, he does a lot of really cool stuff, but there was something I was playing where I played it on stream. Oh, it was Super Luminal, which is a really cool puzzle game or Super Liminal. Sorry, yeah. Super Liminal. And uh, just in the credits, it was like, special thanks, Zolivir Nelson. And I was like, this dude is in everything. <laughs> He's just everywhere. If you know, if you know his name to look for the credits, shout out to, to Zolivir. Anyway, uh, this is the other one, which yeah. is not... Not quite the same thing. So this this thread was uh, worst lies slash rumors you ever saw in a video game magazine. Okay. So the crazy shit is from the magazines themselves, yeah. not the posters. Um, so I'm going to start with uh, this is from GameSpot in October of 2000. Okay. It's about Alien Resurrection, a PS1 game. Quote, the game's control setup is its most terrifying element. The left analog stick moves you forwards, back, and strafes right and left, while the right analog stick turns you and can be used to look up and down. So that one just did not age well. That was the first, one of the first, like, dual dual oh, analog okay. games. Well, yeah, I'd say that sounds like just every... <laughs> yeah, but the, the fact that they said it was terrifying <laughs> back then. Uh, this one. <laughs> Poke tip. Oh, yeah. There is only one Master Ball in Pokemon. Use it wisely. I suggest using it on a Pokemon you want to add to your team, but are hard to catch, like a Fira or a Tentacruel. <laughs> <laughs> Having played Kanto region Pokemon games a lot, yeah, you get Tentacruels shoved down your throat in that game. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't tell if that one was like sarcasm. Yeah, I mean, there what. are lots of Firos too, but anytime you're surfing, oh, surfing it's USA, tons, tons of Tentacruels. There's Tentacruels everywhere. Yeah, level thirty-eight Tentacruel <laughs> all the time. What a specific level. All right. Uh, and then the last one, this is from EGM's top 200 games list. I'm not sure what year this is from, but this is from their uh, from their top 200 games. Number 88, Super Mario World. Let me list you the games underneath it. When you say under, as in like? As in like higher, higher on the list, ranked. lower numbered. Number 87, Missile Command. Number 86, Ridge Racer. Number 85, Advance Wars. 84, Gunstar Heroes. 83, Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. 81, Akari Warriors, an arcade game from 1986. 80, Panzer Dragoon Saga. 79, Contra. 78, Daytona USA. 82 was Metal Gear Solid 2. 77 was Splinter Cell Pandora Tomorrow from the Xbox, the original. This isn't funny. <laughs> this it's is kind of offensive. yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, people have a lot of love for a lot of those games. Sure. You know, Yoshi's Island is a very, from what I understand, very criminally underrated game. Yeah. At least in the Mario lexicon. Yeah. But Super Mario World is like. Historical. If I'm trying, if I was super objective. Okay. I think you could make the argument that's a top 10 game ever made. Oh, agreed. Like without. 100%. You know. Yeah. I think you can go. I mean, you could argue higher. You could argue as high as top. I don't know. Three. Yeah. I don't know what else off the top of the dome would be up there. Right. But yeah, as far as like not only transformative for games, but so fundamental into like people getting into video games. Yeah. It's one of the best gateway games. I mean, ever. It is, in my opinion, the best 2D Mario game. I would agree with and that. 2D yeah. Mario is the, you know, most classic standard form of Mario. Yeah. And Mario is the most prolific video game character ever. Yeah. So when it's the best of the best of the best. Right. It's the best. It's not the 88th it's best not the 88th game, best game on EG. I'm, 
I hope that that was one person who wrote that. <laughs> they just because if that was themselves. a collective, they must have had like a very like strange like drug induced meeting to come up with that list. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Tanner, let's talk about our first super big topic. Okay, and that is Returnal. Yes, we've been playing it. Yes, we have. I love it. I do too. I really I really like it. A ton of it. There's plenty to uncover uh, this game is oniony yeah so, but <laughs> uh it's an allium of games exactly. uh so yeah just to, to talk about where we're at we're both around the six hour mark we think um and jay and i played it yesterday side by side uh he well to get uh, we are going to spoil a little bit of the first six hours i guess just because we're going to talk about it and it's not like a ton to spoil like no no in no. terms of like the actual story i still know virtually nothing yeah i don't know anything about the story but i was just going to say uh just some of the sort of the mechanics we're sure. going to talk about but uh we've both seen the first boss uh jay beat the first boss without getting hit by him somehow uh yeah. i don't know how it happened and you I, watched me so i have a witness yeah no it, it legitimately happened well the whole time i was like i don't think he's been hit i don't think he's been hit i don't think he's been hit and then it was over um and i've died to the first boss i want to say four times uh so just goes to show that the game uh gives in the game for or the game takes away and yeah. also jay just crushed that first boss fight but uh, so we have seen the first because I've not reached that biome, but I've seen I watched Jay on the yeah, other monitor. Which I have not progressed into the second biome much at all. We've but seen the first two biomes, which are just kind of the level sets. If yeah. you don't know anything about Returnal, uh, it is a roguelite. We explained what roguelite is a couple episodes ago, but basically randomly generated uh, some things you keep over time. Most things you lose when you die. Uh, every run of the game is just from start to finish. And then you're trying to complete the game in one run. Basically, yeah. um, there are shortcuts through that, all that kind of stuff. But. That's sort of the basic outline. It is a third-person shooter. Uh, gameplay very similar to, like, Control. Um, there's Control. There's, like, uh, an element that I, you know, pointed out to you yesterday that you hadn't heard about, but that was pointed out to me, was the active reload, which is a Gears mm. of War thing, uh, where if you... Every gun... You don't find ammo. Every right. gun that you use, you expend all your ammo, and then it recharges all its ammo. Yeah. But when you do that it is a little progress bar that will start filling up. And if you click the trigger at the right time, it will automatically reload completely yeah. again. So there is no reload button. Um, it's like, like Jay said, like the ammo is almost like a progress bar. So if you shoot like half your shots, it'll refill faster. If you shoot all of them, it'll take some while, take a while unless you do the active reload thing. Yes. Um, so yeah, it has a little bit of gears and then from like a gameplay sort of setup uh, perspective, it's almost like Hades in a way has a little bit of risk of rain too. Um, a lot of different like roguelites obviously inspire this game. And then visually it looks, uh, we've heard comparisons of like aliens, Absolutely. which is a good one. Um, has a little bit of the control vibe as well. It, it looks amazing. Yeah. It's, oh, it, that should be one of the first things said about this game is yeah. it visually is incredible looking. And as good as it looks, it feels equally as good. Yes. Uh, takes the best advantage of the dual sense controller of any game so far. Yes. Uh, the, when you first get dropped in, so the sort of, Beginning of the story, basically, you crash land on this planet. Yeah. Uh, Which is and, in the trailers and stuff. That's yeah. not. And you get out and it's raining. And it was like you felt the raindrops. Yeah. It was like just very like pronounced like individual vibrations. I'm like, oh, I was like, these people, like, how smart. They just went wild with this. Dual yeah. Sense and they used every facet of it. Um, One interesting wrinkle is that every. So there are multiple different guns that you can find. Yes. In the level. You start off with a pistol. 
and you always re- start off with the pistol and you can yeah. go find there's a carbine like a rifle there's a shotgun there's a couple there might be more guns we have probably haven't seen them all yeah um but as you're going through each gun has its standard way of shooting which is only activated if you pull the trigger halfway down uh pull the l2 trigger yeah, your aiming your trigger. aiming trigger and if you pull your aiming trigger all the way down it activates like a separate like super shot sort yeah, of alt fires functionality um for every single gun and that's a very interesting way to like basically two buttons in one on this yeah. left trigger and that definitely takes some getting used to but once you get used to it it does feel really good to sort of hammer home this alt fire by finally fully uh, pulling the trigger full way um yeah to talk about the haptics even when like even in cutscenes and stuff the haptics are so pronounced uh when you crash it's like you're hitting trees as you as you take the crash and yeah. you can feel each tree hit left and right uh and then just like throughout the gameplay there are one of the things i want to talk about is like how good the sound design is oh yeah uh there are several cues depending on the sound and vis- they're visual- visually reinforced as well but there are cues to sort of tell you and signal to you oh hey my alt fire is recharged or hey my uh i got the the quick reload right or i uh I'm out of bullets now and I got to wait for a second. Like the gun kind of flares out when you run out of bullets, which looks, looks really cool. Um, it seems like every detail was really thought about uh, as far as like confirming the stuff to the player because this gameplay is frantic. Very frantic. Uh, and you have to judge things on the fly really quickly. It's a very hard game. And like there's a lot of things that can help with that that you find in the world, but it's a very risk-reward situation. So yeah. there are these different things, one of which is parasites. Uh, you uncover these parasites in the world that all have a positive and negative effect. Yes, if you, you played Hades, very similar to the Chaos Boons. Yeah, and they might say, hey, your damage is up by 15%, but you only get 50% less health from the health boost that you find yes. in the world or something like that. Um, so those are set in that way. But there are also... Pretty much every item in the game has a chance of being malignant. Yes. Which, okay, you come up, there are certain doors that you have to find keys to open. Yeah. And you find this key and it says there's a 50% chance that this key is malignant. If you pick it up, if it's not malignant, you're good. If it is, you just have an immediate, like, debuff. That, they, they call them malfunctions right, like in the game. That affects you until you complete some sort of certain objective. Right. Like, I don't know. So there's these, like, a currency called obelites that you yeah. can you know, kill enemies and you pick up. So it'll be like, oh, you uh, you take 10% more damage until you kill 100 hostiles or you, you know, whatever effect until you pick up a key or it's just, it's different things to, it is that risk reward. This game seems to really drive home the risk reward thing because yeah. um, if, you, if you pick one up, you might be benefited by either the key might unlock something that's an upgrade to your suit or the thing itself. Like a lot of times the malignant things will be highest on like chests the chest normally comp- uh, contains something that's a suit upgrade of some sort. Um, so you're taking the risk in going for it. You might not get a malfunction, but usually you do. And again, it's just assessing, okay, I ha- I like my loadout right now. Would it be more improved by me getting this or would it be more set back by a possible malfunction? It's a really cool balance. Yeah, and when you're getting close to, you know, once you've explored the first biome well enough to know, okay, I know where the first boss is going to be. Yeah. Then it's up to you to decide whether it's worth the risk. Right. It's a really cool moment's moment. Like your thought process, like, oh, I'm low on health. I have to risk going and getting this chest. Even yes. if there's a chance that, that gives me a really horrible malfunction. Yeah. Uh, because if I'm not going to be able to beat this boss without it. Right. Well, um, I mean, you even saw me last night where 
I got to Frike, which is the first boss's name. Um, I got I got to Frike super early because you can kind of because of the way the levels are structured. Once you know what's going on, you can kind of get there earlier or later in your exploration. But normally, if you know what to look for, you can get there pretty early. Yeah. And I just got there with a pistol, and that's all I had. And normally, when you fight like a boss, you're either going to have a really souped out pistol or a really good shotgun or a really good carbine, uh, like the assault rifle. And I just had like the starter pistol and I was like, well, I have full health. Is it better for me to try it now? Or should I go back and risk my health in these other rooms and then pick up a gun there or something like that? So I just ended up going for it. I lost, but, uh, yeah, and a lot of people are, well, not a lot of people, the very vocal, but small minority yeah. is complaining about, Oh, the gameplay is repetitive. Oh, blah, blah, blah. The fun and the replayability, even when you're I, even this early in the game is those decisions like, how do I want to prepare to fight this boss? Yes. Unfortunately, I was sort of robbed of multiple you know, times of fighting that boss <laughs> yeah. and to make those decisions. But also not unfortunate because it was really awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, but yeah, I, and here's a little gameplay slice that it, I, want to, I want us to speculate here. Okay. Because we noticed this uh, and I won't spoil the first sort of thing that you unlock that really keys you into the Metroidvania aspects of this game. Yes. Um, but Which there is a good thing to mention. There are definitely areas that you will see that you know you can't access until later. Right. And that's even in the first biome. Yeah. Like you don't just progress to the second biome and continue going on. Maybe you do actually. I don't really know yet. Yeah. But there are clearly areas in the first biome that as of yet we cannot. You can get to the second biome before you ever explore these areas. Right. So there, there seem to be sort of key visual things again. Uh, that you and I have both noticed because with the first unlock, it allows you, there's a lot of stuff you'll come across in the game, uh, like a Metroidvania where you're like, okay, I got to be able to do something here, but I can't yet. That unlocks some of those moments, but then there are other things that are like either ledges too high or something off in the distance where we're like, okay, we have to be able to get there somehow. Like, I don't know what we're going to get yet. We've speculated a little bit, but I, it's interesting because you don't get everything to 100% the first biome within the first biome. Yeah. Like you said, you can get through it and still not have everything to 100%. So I'm curious how much backtracking there's going to be or if that's just to like get you better upgrades early because we have figured out that there is a bit of a shortcut system. Yes. So when you got to the second uh, biome, that allowed you to get to a certain part in the first biome pretty early on. And then that just teleports you to the second biome. You don't have to fight the boss again. Right. Uh, you don't have to just like go all the way through the first biome. So that's a nice quality of life thing. Yeah. And I'm just really curious because you dropped in and your sort of mission objective is given to you, which yeah. is sort of just to find this particular thing. Yeah. Basically um, progress. Right. And it's implied that that thing that you're looking for is in the first biome. Yeah. And it sort of teases like, here's where we think it is. You just can't go there yet. Right. I really wonder if like, you're the, you'll go and progress through all these different biomes, find these different tools, and the last run of the game will be more like, oh, you start in the first biome, and you never even have to leave it once mm. you've collected all of these unique tools from different biomes. Whether you can just go straight to yeah, like whatever the thing that's being teased at the beginning of the game is. Yeah, that would make sense. And I would really, I think that would be a really cool way to tie it all back together. And I'm supremely fascinated by the story so far, even though with very minimal details. Yeah. So all we know about the story really, um, and it's not a lot, and I don't think it's much more than you glean in the first hour or no. so, which is you're, you play as this character, Celine, um, and she crash lands on this planet very early on. There are indicators that either she has been there before, or 
and doesn't remember it or someone else named Celine has been there before. There's there's obviously some repetition going on in this world, which obviously it's eternal. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like the whole gameplay loop sort of Groundhog's Day thing is built into the story, uh, which is always the best way to do it. Hades did something similar where, uh, you know, you have a reason, not just gameplay wise, but narrative wise to be continuing through this world and trying to figure out what's going on. And they do some really interesting sort of layering with like the audio logs that you can pick up. There are also um, ciphers that you can do to like cipher this alien language uh, or to decipher it rather. So eking out that story as you play is enough of like a, okay, this is going to push me forward to go get the little collectibles or go get the audio logs or whatever. Yeah. And there's another thing that I won't spoil, but it's, it's clearly there's like ties back to Celine's life prior to being whatever sort of, space astronaut explorer that she is is yeah. obviously a very far-flung future yeah sci-fi game so you don't really know about when it's said or anything you don't even know if she's like from earth yeah exactly like, it's not clear her origins in any way and that's sort of being teased out uh, in certain parts of the game yeah and they dangle this carrot on the stick out in front of you right from the very beginning be like no we're not going to tell you about this yet yeah we'll show you sort of something that yeah exactly. alludes to her past and alludes to some mysteries about her and about this planet but we're not going to tell you. And it's very unclear when we're going to figure that out, which I think I don't think it's too far to say what that is, because I'm pretty sure it was in the trailer. It was in the trailer. So there's a house um, and it just show, it's like a what I would consider like an American Midwest house. Yes, very like stereotypical um, house. I think you even walk up to it and it says like a 20th century home. Yeah, it does. Uh, but it's locked and you can't go in there yet. And it's just among all this um, like alien fauna. And it's just so weird to see this house plopped right in the middle of it so obviously there's some tie-in to maybe earth maybe the u.s i'm not sure but it's uh yeah it's enough of like a oh okay and that's the bit that really reminds me of control yeah um where you know they would dangle sort of parts of i don't remember the the character's name in control faden Wow, good got I played job. it more recently. Than oh, you. that's fair. I uh, played it like a month or two ago. Oh, okay. I was like, wow. Got that plat. Uh, shout out to, uh, was that Ashley Birch? Yeah. I think Redhead? so. Redhead? Yeah. I think so. Uh, anyway. But like there are parts in control where you're in this government building uh, called the Oldest House. Is that what it's called? Yep. And uh, there are all these like cl- declassified objects, but then randomly... They will show like some part of like Americana or you'll be transported to like this hotel um, that is really cool and eerie. But Mm. it feels so different than this sort of uh, clandestine, just white wall area of this uh, this government building. So that part reminded me a lot of control. But I like that. That's the stuff in control that I wish there was more of. And I really like that they're dangling that carrot a little bit. Why is it taking me so long to figure out who played her? (laughs) That's okay. Courtney Hope. Courtney Hope, good call. Um, why do I think it was Ashley Birch? Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I'm really liking Returnal so far. I look forward to playing it more. Uh, only negative I have so far is uh, it does it does have a couple of bugs. Yeah, we both encountered a bug around right the same time, right which was really weird. Uh, so the bug that we've encountered is you go into a room, you pick up an item, and then for whatever reason the doors won't open. And this game is uh, sort of segmented into rooms, so. If the doors don't open, you can't progress at all, and you just have to reset your run, which, fortunately enough, for me at least, I wasn't sure how far you were into yours. I was mine, literally at the beginning. Okay, yeah, mine was pretty Which is early. funny that you can bug, and you can just, it can, you can restart a loop and just get stuck there and just restart it oh, again. Oh, you were in the very first yep, starting I area? I was right there next oh, to the ship. That's funny. Uh, yeah, I was like two rooms in, so it wasn't that bad, um, but I've also seen a lot worse bugs on Twitter of people like 
having full runs reset, um, you know, getting super far into a run and the same thing happened to them. So I hope those get patched out. I imagine Housemark is a good enough dev. Oh, yeah. Um, and I know the other other thing, which seems to be more of a deliberate choice than a bug, is that you cannot save mid-run, mm-hmm. uh, which in some games, that doesn't seem like a big deal. Like Hades, you can beat Hades, like a pretty normal pace run of Hades is like 46 minutes or so. Um, that's just the, the, the time I beat my first run in, so that's what I remember it. But like 45 minutes to an hour is a pretty decent run in Hades. This game, the first area could take you an hour. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of a frustrating thing, especially for people who may have to go. The only way you can pause the game in that way and pick it up later is if you put your PlayStation in rest mode, which isn't that bad unless you move your PlayStation around or like you're like Jay and you're at my house and you can't you can't put it in rest mode and take it back home. So hopefully they add some sort of save mechanic. I understand that they may not want people saving, uploading the save to the cloud and then you know, trying a boss if they die, re-downloading the save and trying again. I get that. But I think some stuff you're just going to have to let people do. Yeah. Uh, and I think for quality of life, they'll probably add that in as well. I know one of the developers, there was like a little Twitter interaction where they were sort of teasing something to the effect of, it's like, we don't have anything to announce yet, but we see people asking for like a save mechanic. So it yeah. was at least acknowledged. Yeah. So it's definitely being talked about and probably worked on in some capacity. Which I'm not sure... Any of the Housemark games had a save in between runs before because, like, if you don't know, Housemark made Detonation and Resogun. At least with Resogun, I don't think you could save mid-run in Resogun. So maybe that's just something they didn't really account for. Or, yeah. but even though I guess they did at least partially because at the beginning of the game, it's like, hey, there's no <laughs> way to save mid-run. Like it literally tells you you either have to finish the run or put your PS5 in a rest mode to continue. It's like okay, yeah. um, so you're obviously aware of it, but yeah, it's it's a weird thing. That's as long as you're aware of it, like it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Um, it's just a game. It's, you just have to be prepared for what you're getting into. Uh, it sort of goes back to the conversation we had about the game having an easy mode or not. Right. And this game having like saves and checkpoints and stuff would be you useful and convenient. But there is absolutely a, a, you know, useful or fun to the experience of saying, hey, you're going to sit down. You're going to play this one run. And yeah. you're either going to make it all the way through the game or you're not. And there's no stopping. There's no, as long as you know that going in, I find that very cool and very like interesting quirk to the game. Yeah, no, I'm fine with there like being no checkpoints or anything like that. Like That's totally fine. I totally, I get though with people's busy lives and how long they have to play a game. Or in my case, when I was streaming it, I probably could have played for another 30 minutes. Uh, the first, cause I've only streamed it one time, but I was like, well, games can go f- runs can go north of 30 minutes pretty easily. So I don't want to start something I can't finish. Sure. So that actually made me stop short a little bit. So I get, I get that, but uh, yeah, overall it's not that big of a quirk. Uh, I just wonder if the, you know, design of this, if like, what do you think Sony was anticipating out of the commercial success of this game? Because the game clearly is not, isn't it? Like features like that are not designed to cater to a very casual audience. Right. But this is definitely, you know, one of their first big, huge PS5 exclusives. So you have to think that they were at least banking on it being, you know, a little bit of a system seller. And I wonder if it's kind of pissing people off at at certain times. Yeah, it it seems like there's definitely a minority that don't understand roguelites who are coming to this game. Because we we read some of the... So we'd heard from someone on Twitter, I forget who it was, was mentioning that the game was getting review bombed by users. And so we were looking through user scores on Metacritic, and a lot of them were you have to restart the whole game if you start it. And it's like, well, yeah, that's the concept. But obviously people, either the marketing wasn't clear enough on that or people just haven't experienced roguelites, which I understand if you're someone who just buys 
you know, like your your big Sony exclusives, yeah. like your God of War's Last of Us, you probably haven't. But I mean, is this the first AAA roguelite or roguelite game? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like Hades is, I guess Supergiant's not AAA. Which I, um, I mean, I don't. Before this, you probably wouldn't have argued that Housemark was AAA, and I, that's I still true. think you can argue this isn't a AAA game. Yeah, it's just an exclusive, and but. it's a, an exclusive that's coming out with not a lot of games around it, so it's getting a lot of attention. Right. Uh, it's it's like this and Pokemon Snap, which yep. is which are two very different games. Um, yeah, I guess so. This is definitely the most uh, visually modern. If we're talking about like your AAA games, like the most, it looks most like a legit triple a game that, yeah. a, that a roguelite's ever looked um so from that aspect for sure and i guess that's going to be people's first taste of it i hope people will give it a shot if they don't know what roguelites are because i think it could <clears throat> give people the itch for that genre it's a genre i love so yeah and we alluded to people you know describing it as a great podcast game yes at this point i'm still sort of averse to playing it with like a podcast because you are getting tidbits of story here yeah. and there that I wouldn't want to be distracted from. Yeah. But I can understand like maybe once you get a little deeper into the game, you've sort of maybe it, you've exhausted all of the audio logs and stuff that you can find like in the first biome yeah. or two. And then you can say, okay, I really could play through the first two biomes and not get any new right. story content. Yeah. So it would be cool to put on like a 30, 45 minute podcast chunk or whatever yeah. and just get through that part and then you know, keep going. Right. Uh, it's funny too. Cause you mentioned that when we were playing uh side by side, I noticed you were getting a lot more like of just Celine talking than I was. Mm. And I, th- I've, I'm thinking about it now. It's probably just because I had played just a little bit more hours wise than you had. So yeah. you were still sort of unraveling some of that. So I wonder if, like you said, once you get past that, or if people just kind of realize like, okay, we're just getting little bits of the story. I can pay attention to those and then go back to the podcast, whatever. But I'm with you, especially because the sound design's so good. The, oh, yeah. the music is great. Um, I think it ramps up sort of the intensity of that game really well. And that's the kind of game that I probably wouldn't want to play as a podcast game, but makes an amazing stream game because mm-hmm. it has all the podcast game stuff with enough to keep you really entertained and engaged. So I'm I'm all in on this game. Yeah, I'm teetering on that and Bloodborne's the game that I go back to for a game that gets stuck. It's a game that gets stuck in your head. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a gameplay loop that you're sort of thinking about like, Oh, uh, I'm excited to go back and jump back and do these particular things to grind and get better. That yeah. sort of thing. It's it's those seeds have been planted. Obviously there's still, I'm very curious because I could see, and we've seen people talk that, you know, I would say the first biome in some total took me probably three hours yeah. Once I beat the boss. But people are talking like it might take more like seven or eight hours. Yeah. So I'm a little worried that and I'm I do not I wouldn't consider myself like great at games. Yeah. But with luck and maybe a particular knack for this one game that came out, I don't want this game to be short. Mm. I'm kind of wanting this game to be a 20, 25 hour at least experience. I'm sure you'll hit some spikes. Yeah, that'll, I'm hoping that'll make so. it that way. But um, also not. But, you know, yeah, yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird thing. Yeah, yeah, I like the pace where I'm at. Like, I'm assuming in my next couple of runs, I'll beat the boss. And then, you know, I'm at like a six hour pace for per biome. And assuming there are four or five biomes. Yeah. That's and I'm really curious about any long term like replayability this game could have. Obviously, mm. I, mean, I haven't looked at the trophies to avoid spoilers. Yeah, but I'm very curious I. about what the platinum looks like. Yeah. Uh, 
and just for the sheer fun of it, I would not be surprised at all if it, you know, once the story's done, if I decide I'm going to go back and give it a shot. Yeah. And it could be one of those games, again, just drawing more comparisons to Hades. I beat Hades within my first couple of nights, but, or, or maybe like my first week of playing it. But then I continued beating it and beating it and beating it just to get the little story tidbits at the end or just to because it felt great or playing through it with different weapons each time. Like there's I think there's going to be a lot of replayability with this. We'll see what the trophies look like. But yeah. So overall, early impressions, incredibly positive. Yes. Um, I, I'm not going to give it a score at this point just because there's yeah, still so much to uncover. A score yet. Um, but trending towards the higher numbers for sure. Yeah. Is what oh, I will yeah, say. for sure. It's it's very, very, very good. Definitely. So Tanner, let's wind down from the high stress game that is Returnal. <laughs> yeah. Let's just have a little fun chat. And I just wanted to do this. Let's just, I wanted to do just some story time. <laughs> Which that's all you said to me earlier. And I was like, okay. I just, I don't know. I consider myself a bit of a storyteller. <laughs> Not like in a professional sense. Anyway. That might be the most pretentious thing you've ever said. <laughs> but like, I like to spin a good yarn, you know, from time to time. <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> uh, so I just was like, let's just, you know, conjure up some of our favorite gaming stories that you could tell. Yeah. Because these aren't long stories by any sense, but no, they're no, just no. moments that I thought were fun yeah. and worth bringing up. Uh, one of the ones that I thought of first is the one that I thought of first when I first thought of thinking about thinking about this. <laughs> yeah. Was one when I was right next to you for. Okay. Which a lot of these probably are. Yeah. Or several, at least. A lot of my best. But this does not involve me playing a game. This involves a game getting announced. Mmm. And I, you know what? If you had to guess what game I'm talking about, which one would you think? Hmm. Okay, so we sat beside each other. Yes. Which means... I was with you. It has to have been at least an E3 or maybe a PSX. Mm-hmm. Was it Last of Us 2? No. Oh, that was a great one. Although... I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that was with me and you, and I believe Skinny was there. I think okay. we had a whole crew. Oh, I'm was pretty it sure this just was, us? It was either just us or me, you, and Andrew. Okay. I don't. And know. I'll just say this is the most excited I have ever been for a video game announcement. Not necessarily because of the. It was unexpected. Oh. I don't remember. What is it? It was the PlayStation conference at E3 2016. Okay. We oh, were Spider-Man. Exactly. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember how ecstatic I, I do, was? Yeah. I had no earthly idea that they were making a new Spider-Man game. Mm. And I remember us sitting in the living room at your all's old apartment. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure you said something and I was like, no, like it's not, don't get my hopes up. That's not what well, yeah, cause is. it was like a shot of New it York. It in first, on New right? York. And it's like, you know, people, uh, I can hang on, I can think, it's like, people see me and think they're safer. Yeah. But it's not really me they're seeing. And you're, and I'm pretty sure you said something like, dude, I think it's Spider-Man. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. And then it's like, um, it's probably like, you know, something about a kid from Queens. And as soon as they say I remember you reacting Queens, to kid I'm from Queens. I'm pretty sure I slid off the front of the couch, <laughs> was like in the fetal position, but like hands behind my head and was like, Holy shit! <laughs> just over and over again. Like I was just absolutely floored that they were doing this. Yeah. And then it, like he like swings in, and he's sticking to the wall, and you see the big white spider, and he's jumping around. I was like, in almost in tears and hysterics. I was yeah. so excited. Oh. Um. 
this is the motion I wanted to convey with this topic. So, yeah, no, that's it's a that was is that the same E3 as God of War? That was the that's E3. the one that yeah. was the opened with the reveal of God of War Horizon, a lot of Horizon it. gameplay. Yeah. Death Stranding. Resident Evil 7. Yes. Because that uh, was the one where I was like, is this Resident Evil? Just out Days of nowhere. Days Gone was revealed there. Oh, was it yep. really? Cheese. Wow. That that's, was an insane conference. Wait, was that the Crash one too? Yep. Oh my sure God. Was. What a, <laughs> E3 2016. What a show. Absolutely the best uh, E3 conference I've ever seen. Yeah, same here. Uh, yeah, because I remember, yeah, God, the highs of that show overall, like God of War being what it was was so exciting yeah which at the time i was like oh this looks really cool but now looking back i was like oh my god this game was so beyond what i ever could have thought it would have been and the fact that like with that god of war reveal you didn't know what you were watching for a bit and then because what yeah and then atreus walks on the doorstep or or he walks home hungry yeah and then kratos just comes out of the doorway oh so good man what a game you know, I know you you pitched uh, doing like a, a double tap book club kind of thing. Yeah, that might be a good entry for that, just for a reason to replay that game. I would love to. God of War. Yeah, I would love to replay that game. Um, I have yet to replay it on PS Five, and it's, yeah, same here. It's one of those games that I give a pass to. That even though I've gotten the platinum, it's just so good that yeah. I would. It's just fun to replay. And for. I I never got the plat, so I should I should really do that. Yeah. And honestly, like that's a game that I would love to. I kind of get stuck in this loop with streaming of like everything needs to be a stream game. Mm. And I think that would be a game because I streamed my first playthrough. I feel very comfortable, like keeping it, keeping it to myself this time sure. and like listening to it on the new sound bar and watching it on the OLED. Like, I feel like it would be great. Um, Tell me a story. <laughs> uh, the first thing that came to mind when you pitched this was which you've heard the story already, but uh, in Red Dead 2. So oh, yeah. the moment I knew Red Dead 2 was awesome. I love this story. Uh, was a very, very minor moment overall. Like it wasn't a big story moment. It wasn't like a cutscene at all. I was, I was riding my horse through what, going to my next objective wherever I was going, and there was like this little ghost town, which I think there are a couple of those in the map. Mm-hmm. But all the windows were boarded shut. All the houses were just there, so like I couldn't look through any of them. I walked up to all the doors, couldn't do anything except for there was like this barn that was open. I was like, okay. So I go in, it's raining, uh, like on the roof of the bar and I can hear like the, like the rain coming down, which sounds awesome. Uh, the fact that I could hear it was really cool, but I go into this barn and it's almost like a church. It's like pews and then like a stage. So it's obviously been like reclaimed into something. And on the stage, there's one of those little, uh, like a Pulp Fiction novel, like a little, uh, penny, uh, paperback kind of thing. And I'm reading this book. And I just hear the rain. It's a very like soothing moment in all the, you know, the height of the action. I, I just gotten through with a gunshot, whatever, or a shootout. And so I'm reading this book and just listening to this rain. And it's very soothing. I was like, oh man, that was awesome. And then I walk through the doors. And as I open the double doors of the barn, the sun shines through and like the dynamic, uh, the, the dynamic lighting of that game, like it comes through the trees, just lighting through the barn. And it was just like, it was such a breathtaking small moment yeah. that I don't think was scripted. I I think it might have been luck or maybe there is some scripting on like <clears> if you walk through a door, the weather changes, whatever. But it was just such a beautiful, like serene, shockingly simple moment in that game. And I, I love that game so much. Red Dead's like one of the absolute best games for just exploring and finding your own small moments. Yes. Like, um, 
this is you know a game or <clears throat> a scripted moment that does happen but like walking up on like the Ku Klux Klan members and seeing yes. the hilarious like misfortunes that befall them like yeah. is really hilarious the little house in the northeastern portion of the map that's like horrifying and like oh. like a mad scientist or something yeah. lives there and you just stumble upon it like there's so much cool things to discover in that game I want to replay it so bad please port it with a increased FPS oh that'd be so nice I, I actually started up when I got the PS5 me too and then I was like uh, I want to wait for like higher frame rate yeah. or something, which makes me feel very entitled. But yeah, but at the I same mean, time, if that comes, I don't want to replay it you right know, now. fully right now. Yeah, so I'll hold off for a while. If it seems like there's any indication that it will ever happen, I'm going to wait. Yeah. Uh, here's another story that involves you. Okay, but it also involves, and this is, I figured you would tell this story if I didn't, because it's probably our most. Well, it's basically the summer of The Last of Us multiplayer. Okay, I was going to tell a specific story of this, so yeah. Uh, but I, the, if I had to boil it down to the specific story, which one were you thinking of? Uh, team Silver versus exactly, Team Trump. That's yeah. exactly the one that I wrote down. <laughs> so we can tag team this story. Yeah. Uh, because I don't remember like a lot of vivid details other than we were at Andrew's house. Yeah. Uh, you and I were Team Sober. Yes, which is funny looking back now. Yeah. And they were Team Drunk. Yeah, so it was our uh, buddies Andrew and Hank. Uh, the four of us... I've, we've both waxed poetic about how great The Last of Us multiplayer is. Um, so the four of us all played that literally all summer. Like every weekend we got together. Oh, it was incredible. We got so good at that game. And even like, that was probably the first game I really remember having call outs for. Um, oh, yeah. Like especially specific to our group and like, oh, you know, uh, having specific roles as well. Like I was the uh like the trap maker and like you were the sniper and we had like I all usually these, am. We had, we had all those really cool roles. Um but one night, for whatever reason, we were pretty young, uh, and Jay and I had not like started drinking yet, and I didn't drink till I got into college. But Andrew and Hank were drinking a little bit. Actually, the night I first I tried my first beer was oh. was then. I mean, I just tried to sip, and I was like, "Ooh," because um, most do. Yeah, that's everybody's first reaction to beer. But anyway, we decided to make a little game out of it, and so we did a team sober, as Jay said, it was Jay and myself versus team drunk, Andrew and Hank. And I think we were competing for kills, yeah, I want to say. because we were all still, I mean, Last of Us multiplayer, you're, it's four-player teams. Yes. So it was sort of an inter-team, right. intra-team con- competition. Yeah. Where we were just seeing who on the team could perform the best in these given matches in us two versus those two. Yeah. Uh, and I don't remember the extent to which, like, we are like leveled up and so and there's a weird meta game that's very hard to explain yeah. to last of us multiplayer but like we had to have been one of if you had to guess like okay how many teams do you think played last of us multiplayer cumulatively oh gosh or at least what percentile do you think we were in terms of success we had to be in like the top 10 percent higher than that i think at least five top five percent we rarely lost a game for yeah. a little while like there was a two-week stretch i think where we won every game it was crazy and like the, there are consequences in that for losing yes uh, you're sort of each individual person is sort of overseeing their own little post-apocalyptic colony yeah and if you win you are getting supplies and growing your you know group and yeah if you lose you're losing supplies people might die uh it's a really really cool and just please give us the last of us two factions like i want it so I want bad it more than any, it's it would be uh, yeah just i gotta have it uh the funny thing too is like everybody complains on that trophy list about the two trophies that we both have which is 
Oh. Complete factions, fireflies, complete factions. I don't have one of those. Oh, do you not? I remember I went on a vacation that summer. So there was like one of these nights that I missed. Oh, and no. that was just enough to prevent me from getting the other side. Yeah. I think it was the hunter side. I think I got the firefly side. So the funny thing is, I also am missing a multiplayer trophy, but not those. I miss I'm missing and the servers are down now on the PS3 version, so I can mm. never get it. But I'm missing the trophy that is just win a quick play game because we always did just <laughs> like, 4v4 matchmaking yeah. so like hopping into quick play i never did and so that's that's funny that i have the two hard ones but not the easy one yeah um yeah that was gonna be that was gonna be one of my stories too just because that that is so indicative of a game we both love in a time we both reference a lot and just that specific night was like a moment yeah it was absolutely my most formative gaming experience over a period of time yeah because we had done a similar thing with call of duty leading up to that sure and even after that probably to some extent but yeah that was like staying up until 6 a.m at least one like night every weekend for like two months yeah it was just and just not stopping like there was no breaks there was no we weren't doing anything <laughs> right. else yeah from like nine or ten to like five or six in the morning there it might was just, be like a mcdonald's trip there were there were some of those <laughs> yeah that um, was that was about it yeah that was I remember just getting home when the sun was up mm. and just being like, I'm going to bed. Like I'm <laughs> like, mom would be awake. And I was yeah. like, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> Those wild <laughs> kids up all night playing last of us multiplayer. Uh, one of the other ones I thought of with the last of us was when I played through single player It's the only time I ever did this with, with Andrew, our friend that we refer- reference a lot. Uh, he and I played a portion of the last of us one side by side similar to what you and i just did with returnal so i'm curious if i look back on returnal with the same Mm. sort of light um but he and i discovered very quickly uh because we both got because did we all go together to get last of us like the pre-order or the midnight thing no you and i went together for remastered yeah that's what it was that's a story too that's true we can tell that story here in a second um but yeah anyway we we had all gotten it around the same time and Andrew and I were talking about it. We discovered we we're like, oh, we stopped the same exact spot, exact, same exact part. So he's like, oh, do you want to play it side by side? It's like, how would that work? And so basically, he's like, whoever gets to a cutscene, we watch it. Then you pause and wait for the other person to catch up, and then you go again. And so that's what we did. So we played through, I would say, hours like three through seven mm. of that game side by side. And uh, one of the only things I remember from that, I just it was a really cool experience. But one of the only things I remember is his older brother came down. And there was some, I think it's the part, uh, pseudo spoiler, it's just a combat spoiler, but the part where you're hanging upside down. Yes. Uh, which was very hard for me because I was not as, I mean, I'm not good at games now, but I was definitely not good at games then. Um, I was still getting used to shooters at, in general, really. And that upside down part just threw me and it was taking me a while. I remember his older brother came down and he was like, dude, are you like, are you okay? Because I was like biting the collar of my shirt just so anxious trying to get through this part and that's something i'll I'll never forget when i come to that scene it is a nerve-wracking little sequence yeah too. especially when you're like there's so much like gun sway and stuff going around it's it's wild but yeah the last of us remastered story so uh and i do remember i remember going getting the first one just like the day after i don't know mm. if you all went at midnight but i remember going to walmart the day it came out officially so not the midnight release and it, it might have been that for yeah. us too i can't remember but when Last of Us Remastered, was it me, you, and Skinny? I believe so. So we, I know it was at least us three. Yeah, so we went to Walmart. and uh, Now, it, folks out there, if, you've, if you're like inventing the memory of a Last of Us Remastered midnight release sort of celebration of any kind, 
it didn't happen. <laughs> at least Which not is, here. At least not here. Yeah, so no one released Last of Us Remastered here uh, at midnight. It was like a 6 a.m. release or something like that. So we didn't know this. So I think at first we went to GameStop and they weren't open. Yeah. And then, because uh, I guess it was the only game coming out that week. And normally they would do midnight releases for either really big games or days of the uh, of the calendar where like multiple games are coming out. And so they weren't open. So we're like, oh God, will anywhere else have it? Let's check Walmart. So we go to Walmart and it's not in the store shelves at all. But then I see someone I went to high school with and I'm like, I think her name was Brittany. I think that's who we saw. Mm. And I was like, hey, Brittany, we're here to buy this game. You probably have it and it's technically out, but it's not on shelves yet. Could you check? She was like, yeah. And so she comes back out from out back with three copies of The Last of Us Remastered. So we were the first people. We were among the first. At least in this city to get to get that game. So it was just it was a really silly just like how the hell do we pull that off kind of thing what games have you gotten to midnight releases for there's only one other for me and that was Which arkham is? knight oh nice uh, and that i believe was me skinny and gage yeah, uh, i was gonna say i think about that digitally. because i know that there's a picture floating out there somewhere in the ether of gage next to some dude who was there like cosplaying as nightwing <laughs> uh, that's awesome and that's the only one that was i ever been to and there was like a formal like oh get in line we've got you know we'll yeah. check everybody out and there was like multiple people there like in full on you know garb and it was awesome like i have to i have to look it up uh for the for the third game but there was a game there was a night that i went with it was during college i think i went with andrew and hank possibly um you're gonna hear a lot of the same names mentioned uh but it was i know for a fact i bought three games on midnight release it was early ps5 days it was GTA oh, Five well, early PS4 days or PS4 days. Okay. Sorry, uh, GTA Five, the PS4 version, Little Big Planet Three, and I don't remember what the other game was because I remember. Uh, let me look up Little Big Planet uh, Planet's launch date. I remember someone making fun of me for getting Little Big Planet Three because some other like nerd game was coming out, <sighs> and we were talking about games in the November eighteenth, twenty fourteen. Uh, we were talking about the other games like floating around and he was like, oh, are you here for Dragon Age or whatever whatever it was? That would was, make sense timeline wise. And I was like, nah, I'm here for Little Big Planet 3. <laughs> and he was like, okay. <laughs> just like, it was like, all right, guy. Uh, I'm going to see if I can find the other games that came out. But Because in 2014, there was virtually nothing good that came out. <laughs> uh, Far Cry 4, Dragon Age Inquisition, uh, Destiny, Vanilla Destiny. Um it's really not a great year. It's the year we talk about, like, it's the accursed year for games. The accursed year. If I had, if That's I had a good to, describe to describe it. it. I'm trying to find... Okay, hold on. I'm, I'm in the Wikipedia article now. Mm-hmm. If it would let me scroll. I know this is exciting stuff, but I really I really got to find out what that third... I want to say it maybe was 2K. Wasn't uh, that the 2K that you, like, obsessed about? Yeah, it could have been. Okay, so... Oh, wait. I'm in November. What day did I say? You said November something, 2014. 18th. So here are the games that came out. Oh, it was Dragon Age Inquisition. I remember the nerd game, right? Uh, Far Cry 4, which was fine. GTA 5, Little Big Planet 3, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. Great game. Watch Dogs on, oh, wait, on Wii U. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Not uh, the best place to play. And I think the other game I was there for was WWE 2K15. Oh, okay. <laughs> Either that or Far Cry, but was I don't think I... Stone Cold was on the cover or Cena? I, was I think Cena. it's Cena, yeah. yeah. 
I think I have it back there somewhere. Where are you, John? It doesn't matter. <laughs> we wouldn't be able to see him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the other stories that I wrote down here, and this is this one's all me. Okay. I was trying to think of ones that were just me playing a game. Yeah. This this has to be maybe the most stressed I have like in an excitement stressed and then been let down. Okay. In a game I was playing myself, and it's pretty recent. It was last year. Uh, I when I was playing Fall Guys. Mm, I know this story. And if any of you out there know this, there is a trophy in Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout where the full title you have to win five games in a row. Yeah, which sounds borderline impossible. Yes. Um, but I was on a little bit of a heater that night. I was playing well. I had one. I was pretty. I was pretty good at Fall Guys. You were. Um, I would. If I played a session of Fall Guys and I didn't at least win a couple of games, I considered it a failure. Uh, <laughs> Screw fun. If I don't win, I hate myself. And I was, you know, sort of grinding it out. And I was like, oh, I just won two games in a row. I was like, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to work myself up, but I'm just going to keep playing. Yeah. I want another game. That's the point where I start to get like, I have to at that point, I'm like, this opportunity may not present itself again. Yeah. To where I am already three wins deep. I have to at least keep going. And now I say this like I'm counting, but I must have lost track mm. because I know that I won at least four games in a row. But I thought that I I thought I won five games in a row. Mm. I remember winning whatever the last game that I won and being like sitting there like on my I like fell to my knees when I won. It was like staring at the corner of the TV where trophies popped yeah. waiting. And it never did. Oh. So I was like, did I only win four? And I was like trying to like retrace my steps. Yeah. And like think like, oh. this all has run together into a blur. And I was like, well, I have to do it again. I have to, I, I've at least at this point, I know I've, I win another one that this right. trophy is going to pop. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure, I don't remember the circumstances by which I lost the next game, but I yeah. know that I got pretty far and then sub- sub- subsequently lost that following game. Wow. So, that is, and this is a, this will be a conversation that I will reserve for a later episode in a full capacity. Yeah. But like, that is one of, that is maybe the ultimate trophy that got away mm. was that moment. <laughs> I don't know how many of those I have, but. I have several of that those. That is, uh, I'd have to think on it, but that is, that is a heartbreaker. Uh, I think I remember you texting me about it. Just like, dude, I, think I, I was thinking, oh, guys, like I'm about to do this. I was so close. <laughs> yeah. Because um, winning any battle royale. Even twice in a row is oh, very very hard, and yeah. I was just like, much much bunch must have been a bunch of like six year olds playing that night, and I was just <laughs> crushing them. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, you did beat the first boss return without getting hit, so you might have just been on one. It's possible. Uh, I platinumed Cuphead. That's my only that's my <laughs> only claim. I will, to never, fame. I will never have that claim. Uh, one thing that I was thinking of when you're talking about like hard trophies uh, that always makes me think of Rayman Legends. Yeah. And specifically now with the story time in college, Rayman Legends was just one of those games that we got into uh, similar with Peggle 2, where Andrew and I would just pass the controller and try to beat Peggle 2 levels, which is great. Yeah. But in Rayman, we had a buddy or in college, we had a buddy uh, named Webb from our hometown. Not his real name, but that's what everybody called him. And well, part of his real name anyway. Uh, and Webb, Webb was like into video games enough to play like 2K or would like play stuff where we were like, hey, here's a control. Like he played Towerfall. Um, he was down, but he wasn't like somebody who owned a PS4. Yeah. Uh, but for whatever reason, 
he really enjoyed Rayman. <laughs> and so we would just play Rayman Legends together. Like, go, there's a lot of levels in that game. So we played multiple nights. And uh, the thing I always think about with him is he was kind of, he's kind of a goofy dude. Very odd, but like in a fun he's a way. He's very eccentric. Um, he's sort of Kramer esque from Seinfeld. <laughs> he has sort of that vibe. Uh, <laughs> right? He kind of has. I've a, never thought of him going that of, light before. He, he has a bit of a Kramer. He's a. You know, southern redneck town version of Kramer, for yes, sure. Yes, yeah. Uh, but just very goofy, very off the wall. And every time... So there's a mechanic in that game. It's in several Mario games as well, where, like, if you die and you're playing with other people, you respawn in, like, a little bubble, and someone has to, like, pop your bubble to save you. But in the speed of some of those levels, it's hard to do. So a lot of times, if someone dies, uh, you'll be left, like, the only person there. And so anytime in the very few moments, Webb would be the person to like finish a level or get to a checkpoint. He'd just be like, boys, guess I'm picking up the pieces. And would just, would just always say that. He was always like, look like Webb's picking up the pieces again. And just the way he said picking up the pieces, I can't not think. I specifically think of the dumb. So <laughs> Raymond has like really cartoony characters, obviously. But there's this one character that's like kind of fat. And he has like big hands and he looks goofy as hell. And that was the character Webb always picked. And he's like, boys, I'm the big guy. Let's go. And it was just, uh, what a, what a time. What was what? This is a little, this is a very, this is a nonsensical story. Okay. <clears throat> but it's just, you have this as well as I, and I think everyone out there does mental associations that don't make any sense, but because of sure a time and a place or whatever was going on, you associate certain things with certain other things. Yeah. I associate the song Headlights by Eminem from the Marshall Mathers LP2 featuring Nate Ruiz of the band Fun. Okay. With Assassin's Creed 2. <laughs> Wait, what? Now, timeline-wise, this is when the like repackaged Ezio collection came right. out. Okay. Um, I think this was still on PS3, actually. Mm. Um I remember playing Assassin's Creed 2 and I don't know I don't I'm not a huge fan of the Marshall Mathers LP2. <laughs> not a huge fan of a lot of Eminem's later work. Yeah. Um but I don't think many people are. The, I like that song. Okay. And I guess I must have really been into that song. That's fair. And there's something about the emotional tone of <laughs> Assassin's Creed 2 where like, you know, I'll spoil a little bit about here. It's he's very forlorn because his family has been captured and summarily executed most of them uh and that is a very somber song and i remember <laughs> listening to them both and i just in my head periodically see like slow-mo shots of Ezio Adetore <laughs> da Firenze jumping off a building with his little hidden blade and the little Nate Ruiz chorus hook like from that song <laughs> just like playing while he's like in slow motion um <laughs> I can't entirely articulate why, but it just is the way it is in my head. I mean, I get that. And not a video games thing, but, um, well, actually I do have one of those, but I always tie DC new 52 Batman comics with the tune yards record, Nicky knack, um, which is a great record. Uh, but I was just listening to that when I was reading them a lot, but the, the video game, one I have is logics. Uh, Oh gosh. It's the young Sinatra mixtape, which was like before he was signed. That was like really, really good logic uh, with Call of Duty Black Ops 2. Oh, yeah. Because we would be playing that and I would just always put music on in my headphones. And... <laughs> what? Now I have another. Okay. <laughs> um, 
Do What You Want, the Lady Gaga song, mm-hmm. and Kill Zone Shadowfall. Oh, yeah, that's true. And that's a thing for me, you, and Andrew. That's like, true. Without yeah. a question. The, the Lady Gaga, R. Kelly. Which, regrettably, I don't think it's on Spotify anymore because that, of R. Well, Kelly. That's uh, understandable. Yeah. Which is, I mean, separate the art from the artist. That was a great song. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was a bit of a banger. But, the funniest thing was and that. We would just be like sitting there on the couch and we'd be like, Drop killing people on you know yeah. whatever like do what you want what you what want, want like just, it. all the time. The the funny thing so to describe Andrew we should have Andrew as a guest on this Absolutely. at some point. He's a very like very like quiet kind of keeps to himself kind of guy. Hilarious. I always describe dude. him as the dad friend. Yes, exactly. Um, like I I love him to death, but like he's whenever it's really funny to me whenever he gets into a song that's not his genre necessarily. He's like he really likes rock. He's uh, he, like he loves Royal Blood and, and bands like that, but he, whenever he was the main like instigator of yeah, this, yeah, he loved this Lady Gaga R. Kelly song, which he has a soft spot for like 2000s R&B anyway. But just <laughs> just him loving that song made me just want to egg it on and play it all the time. So yeah, that's a that's a great one. I forgot about that song. Oh man, I'm trying to think of any more. Do you have any more off the top of the dome? Um, similarly, just talking about the Rayman Legends thing made me think of. The Pokemon day I had in college. So, um, Web, it was the same group, me, Andrew, and Webb. Andrew and I were college roommates. Mm-hmm. And then Webb was from our hometown. His roommate was there in the dorm for the first week and then never came back. <laughs> so, he he literally was our Kramer. He would just show up yeah. all the time, um, which was great. It was fun having, like, a group of three. But one day, it either snowed or it was, like, one of those, like, weird teacher day on a Monday or whatever. But we were at the we were at the dorm. We, went, we didn't go back home. Uh, which we'd normally do like on a snow day or weekend. So for some reason we were there and we brought Webb's bed into our room. (laughs) So we disassembled this college dorm bed. We asked our RA if it was okay. And he was like, just have it reassembled before. I think it was right before spring break or something. Um, So I guess it wasn't a snow day. I don't know what was going on, but he's like, just have it reassembled before everybody leaves. And we're like, all right, cool. So we brought the bed in. So those beds, you could obviously bunk them. That's like the normal dorm bed thing. You could, all, you could also take them down and sit them side by side. But what we figured out, and I can't believe Andrew slept this way, <laughs> was that if you put them, they kind of had like basketball rung settings where it's like, you know, you can take them from their highest height to their, their lowest height. And we figured out if you put one bed on the highest height, you could put another bed sideways underneath it on its lowest height and save a ton of space. Yeah. But basically the person underneath is like sleeping in a drawer kind of. <laughs> How much headspace did you have? Well, there was, so you can, it was like an L shape. Yeah. So their headspace was out here. So the so head was, was uncovered. Space. Yeah. Their, How their much feet foot space were, did they have? Uh, Like, I don't know, a foot maybe. It, was, <laughs> it wasn't a lot. I don't know how Andrew slept like that, but yeah. he did. And so what we did then was we bunked a bed on top of the tall bed. So, so Webb so it was, was a three-tiered system. Yes, so Webb was above me. I was in the middle, and then Andrew was in the bottom. But because it was a snow day, nobody had class, whatever, we were like, we were all nostalgic. Oh, Pokemon had just gone on Netflix. That's what it was. Mm. So we were like, let's just put Pokemon on. And then yeah. Webb was like, dude, remember the Pokemon games? <laughs> and we were like, yeah, Webb. He was like, yeah, we do. He was like, I'd love to play one of those. And I was like, you got a laptop. He was like, yeah, what do you mean? And so I installed an emulator. Yeah. So we all three played through like Pokemon Fire Red that day. <laughs> all I remember <laughs> is that uh, when we were watching Pokemon, there's an early episode in like the Pokemon animated series where 
there's a there's a trainer who trains a sand true to not be weak to water type. Yeah. Like he teaches him to swim and shit. But so it like throws ash. He's like, what? He's not yeah. weak to water type. But he's like a cowboy for some reason. And so every time he summons him, at least in the American dub, he just goes, Sand true. And so Webb, of course, just hooked on to that yeah. and just kept going, Sand true. And that's, I cannot not hear Sand true when I hear Sand true now. So I did think of another one. Okay. Completely unrelated. Although I know in my head that there is a very, I know I have a fire red song association, but I just can't think of what the song is. Mm. But I know I had a very similar experience with that. But the song, I guess it was because we were talking about music a little bit. This made me think of, I have two very, one's very brief, my guitar hero stories. I have a couple. Okay. Um, it was introduced to me by my good friend, John Tracy. I do have a very specific, uh, oh, this is, I didn't even thought of this, uh, <laughs> Glade plug-in air freshener that if I smell it, I'm like, oh, Guitar Hero 3. <laughs> And I, if I, I couldn't tell you what it smells like right now, but it's yeah. just one of those very like fresh kind of generic smelling like fresh linens kind of scent. Yeah. Um, and if I smelt that, I would just be picturing being in his bedroom playing that game. I mean, smell is the uh, strongest scent tied to memory. So you're not, um, you're not wrong. Then I remember uh, getting good enough that I was able to play talk dirty to me by poison without looking at the TV okay. and 100%ing that. I did that with killing in the name of. Okay. See now, okay, now raging in some machine. My one rage story. Uh, <laughs> there is a arcade bar, uh, relatively close to us, and we have I've gone to with several groups of friends before. Yeah. And pre-COVID, they had a Guitar Hero station. Yeah. I remember sitting behind this. I guess it was like a couple, and they were doing like a guitar battle on like medium, and they were botching it, and like <laughs> I honestly was looking at them with extreme disdain. <laughs> Um, judging the hell out How of them. How dare you have fun? <laughs> and if you aren't winning, you should die. <laughs> not the, I don't care about the competition, but I'm just like you should. You should get better at this game if you're trying to play it in public. <laughs> it's fucking Guitar Hero. They probably haven't played it since they were like I 14. I know, but me being me, yeah, I had to be the next one to get up and be like, <laughs> uh, just give me the guitar, and I was just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a song that I know I can pretty much nail. Yeah. Um. Because I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna do a song that I would fail. Because even though it would be impressive for me to get <laughs> that through, that is a fool's game. <laughs> it would be impressive to see me play like the first six minutes of one by Metallica. I would inevitably <laughs> screw up the last part, yeah. and no one wants to watch me play an eight-minute song. <laughs> That's fair. So I was like, I'm gonna play "Bulls on Parade," which, if you Hell put a yeah. gun to my head, is maybe my favorite song of all time. Mm. And that was one of the ones where, if you remember Guitar Hero Three at all. The intro to uh, Bulls on Parade is just, you know, the da-da-da-da-da is the green notes and the orange notes back and forth, back and mm. forth, which are the furthest notes from each other. Yeah. Which, for some reason, flabbergasts people. You're like, how can you go from the orange note to the green note so quickly? <laughs> yeah. And I'm, like, I'm stretching my pinky just a little bit. Um, but I remember it's sort of like, and I know the timing of that song so well, that I would be playing, and I would sort of just spin and look at the people as I was doing it, right, not looking at the little TV, yeah, it was like this is fun, <laughs> like very much like <laughs> ever the show, trying to you know throw my weight around a little bit, yeah. Uh, you shooter McGavin it, so that was fun. <laughs> that was basically just a story about Jay's good at guitar, <laughs> but that's one of my fun stories. Yeah, uh, a story with rock band. Yeah, little, I will say I can't hold a candle to anyone playing Guitar Hero on like Twitch or YouTube. No, or no, 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 those no, people no. would absolutely. I can't beat the hardest songs on Expert anymore. I can't. Right, yeah. I never. Uh, I could only ever beat them if I was lucky before. 
with Rock Band, a buddy of ours, Hank, loved Rock Band. I and, thought we, I thought this might come up, and so uh, I didn't think about it till just now. <laughs> uh, we always played Rock Band in his attic for some reason. That was just like I guess where his it wasn't like a bedroom. It was like a it was a loft sort of situation. Yeah, it was like a secondary living room where we could just play games, and there was like one of the old school big screens in there. Uh, but for whatever reason, his dad came up and decided to do vocals <laughs> on songs. So I was on drums. Hank was on guitar. I can't remember if Andrew was there. I can't remember the group that was there. I was only ever there for like one of these sessions. Yeah. I don't believe I ever saw. We, his we dad. did a bunch. It was the the Hank and Jay overlap in the group was very was very small period of time. Uh, thinking about the, it now, the light burned too brightly. <laughs> yeah, it would have been it would have been too much fun. Uh, but anyway, so we were we were playing. So we only played songs that obviously he knew, and a lot of it was like '80s rock. The one I remember, gosh, I remember somebody, rec- I think it was Trey, his older brother, recorded it on his phone, but it was like a, this was pre-iPhone, I think, so it was like a, on like a Nokia, yeah. whatever phone, <laughs> uh, but him playing Cold as Ice, and he's a very country dude, so it was just, you're as cold as ice, it was, I, I can Great still, song. every time I hear that song, I hear Hank's dad singing it, and it was like, we could barely play because we were cracking up because he just gave it his all. He was like, yeah. I'm just going to leave it. I'm going to leave it on the court. Exactly. And that's the way that guy lived he wasn't, his life. He wasn't looking at the little bars that you had. No, to he, was just, he, was he was just singing, man. Yeah, he was, karaoke yeah, for, like, he was for all doing it. Purposes. But yeah, a lot of a lot of good stories with like the Guitar Hero Rock Band era. I have a question that I feel like might prompt a story for you. Okay. Or I guess I have a phrase. And if this conjures any good stories, feel free. Okay. Math office. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, uh right. So Jay is referring to when I was in high school, uh we had a lot of college classes and because we had college classes, they were scheduled on college time. They were taught by college professors usually or high school teachers certified to like be professors. And so because they were taught on college schedule time in a high school environment, we had a lot of like dead time where we could just kind of do whatever. You were supposed to go be a teacher's aide. But we <laughs> figured out a way that basically we were we were all teachers aid for this one teacher who basically just said if you help me do backpack buddies which was like a a really good cause it was like giving uh lunch and and dinner to for the weekend to kids who maybe can't afford meals uh, otherwise she was like as long as you help me do that i don't care what you do most days like if you just help me these four days a month we're good so we were like all for that so we stayed in this math office, which was basically the size of like a large closet. Yeah, it, it, was, just, it was a place for like excess textbooks and like a lot of miscellaneous supplies. But there was a couch and there was a very small TV. Right. So we very quickly were like, we got to play games on this. So somebody brought a GameCube at some point. Uh, we souped up the PC enough to play Oregon Trail, <laughs> uh, which was a fun couple of weeks. And we ran cable to the TV. We like conned some teacher into running cable for us. Uh, but we played, we had NBA street tournaments in there mm. and it was fucking awesome. So the one time my hubris got the better of me <laughs> in that game was I bet, uh, a buddy of ours, Mitch, I bet him that, cause he was probably like the second best in the game. I was like, I bet I can beat you with the worst team. If you play with the best team. And I forget what the bet was, the bet was, but I lost Yeah, and everybody was like, Oh, like I played as like the Atlanta Hawks or something like they were terrible. <laughs> Um, so I remember that. I also remember Andrew still to this day gives me shit about how bad I was at Super Mario Sunshine because <laughs> I'd never played it as a kid. And like, 
I, I had been so long since I played Super Mario 64 or anything like that. And we were doing those, like Sunshine has those side levels that are just like puzzle levels, similar to 64, where they're just like the, you know, the 3D sort of serious mm-hmm. levels. And I was just so bad at depth perception in that game. Uh, that was the first time I ever played Kirby All-Stars uh, or Kirby Racing, whatever that one's called. What is that game called? Uh, Kirby's Air Ride. Air Ride. Thank you. Not yeah, All-Stars. Yeah. Um, like there's so many games that I think of when I think of the math office. It was, was a good prompt. I have another prompt that I'm going to tell a story based off it first. And I'll okay. see if it jogs any memories for you. But first, I'm going to tell a little bit of a backstory to what made me think of this prompt, okay. which is very tangentially video game related. Okay. But has to do with my dad and his love for the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> um, All right. There is an episode like my dad for and still to this day, but for a long time was just like every night there was like two hours of Big Bang Theory reruns on TBS. and He was just watching it all the time. <laughs> my dad is the biggest Big Bang Theory fan on the on the planet. Um, and there is an episode of the Big Bang Theory. If anyone knows anything about it, Penny, the like pretty girl across the hall from yeah. nerds, all Leonard and Sheldon. Yeah. Um, they. So the nerds are into Conan the Barbarian, the like, this is a real game, right? I think it's a real like well, there's RPG. Conan, Conan Exiles. Conan. Yeah. It was one of those like Conan games. Yeah. I don't remember which specifically. But it's based on Conan the Barbarian. Yes. Barbarian, so you're good. And they're big fans of it and whatever. And somehow like Penny is just sort of like, oh, how does this work? And sort of just starts kind of getting into it. Yeah. And at first she's very obsessive about like the cosmetics and like looking cool and whatever. Right. But then it quickly descends into they like, Leonard at one point walks into her apartment and sees her completely disheveled in a bathroom right, with okay. Cheetos in her hair. Like, yeah, like has been playing this game relentlessly, not thinking about anything else. Yeah. That was, that's sort of the impetus for this prompt. Okay. Is, have you ever felt that sort of thing? And I have one time where I felt aside from, you know, playing the last of us from right for eight hours completely through the night. But this one, Okay. Is is it Fortnite? Exactly. Yeah, I, I thought you would tell the story. I thought of this story for you earlier. So the, when I first got hooked on Fortnite, yeah, uh, was months after it was initially released. Um, I think it was February of 2018. Yes. I know, I know for a fact it was February 2018. Yeah. And there was a big snow day that happened. Yeah. Um, I was, we were both, well, I was in college. You, you had graduated. No, I was, I was, yeah. But um, we lived together. Right. But I was in college. But I got a snow day that day. Right. I don't think I went into work that day. Yeah. It was, it was it a was really bad. big snowstorm. Yeah. Um, and so a group of us, you weren't playing really Fortnite with us at this no. time, but it was me, Skinny, a couple of our other friends. We're like, it's starting at like 10 a.m. in the morning. Well, let's just play Fortnite. And I had this tiny little chair called the Big Joe. The Big Joe, man. The Big Joe was a staple of any little gathering in our old apartment. Big Joe was clutch. Um, anytime anyone needed an extra seat and the person that usually got the short end of the stick got the Big Joe. <laughs> but I would like, it was, so it was basically a beanbag chair shaped like a chair, but had no real support. Yeah. But I would pin it to an ottoman, which was pinned to my bed <laughs> so I could lean back against it. Um, what a setup. And look up at my 32 inch TV that I had. And so we just start playing Fortnite. I remember there are like bits and pieces of other things that happened throughout that day. Our landlord showed up to give us uh, salt for oh, our driveway. Right. And I think he just salted our driveway for us. Yeah, what a nice dude. Um, I love that guy. And I remember, I'm pretty sure all I ate was microwave chicken for lunch <laughs> with certain, I would always just have different sauces. Yeah. And more microwave chicken, but with different sauces for dinner. <laughs> and we played Fortnite without stopping all day yeah. like 
just staring like eyes glued to the TV constantly. And we won one game, or at least I remember winning one game. It was the yeah. first game, I, first win I was ever a part of. Mm. Uh, and I was the last player, like, and I didn't know how to build. But I remember looking up at this person in this tower they had built, and they just sort of like would kept peeking up. Yeah. And I managed to laser them with a scar, <laughs> just get a couple headshots that took them out. And I, obviously at that time, wins were so like revolutionary thing and like right. a battle this is like my first real battle royale experience yeah we were just like absolutely ecstatic mm. um but the f- most fun about that was just the time spent and sure not getting out of the big joe for more than <laughs> five to ten minute spurts for literally like 13 or 14 hours your spine hated you that yeah day. for sure uh yeah similarly i there were i don't know if there's a, a particular like 24-hour binge period but for about six months, around the same time you were into Fortnite, I was into PUBG, mm-hmm. and which feels like another lifetime yeah. ago now. Um, but it's like every night I would come home from work and I would just play PUBG, and I would like eat, play PUBG, stream it, and then go to bed. Yeah. And then the next day, go to work, play PUBG at home, and then stream it, and go to bed. Like that's all I was doing. And yeah, the the early mystique of whatever battle royale you got into first is so. It's such a hard high to like recapture, yeah. but God, it was fun. It's it's there are certain games that have that. The Souls games are one. Yeah, Battle Royales. I think Returnal is sort of knocking on that door. Yeah, it might get um, there for sure. Hades is another one. Yeah. I'd say that for. Damn, that was fun. I that was that, fun. I think that was a good round of storytelling. Yeah, I'm sure there are plenty we of other stories to, again. to uncover. Yeah, I'm and sure we'll we, think of some. If we think of enough, we might revisit this topic somewhere down the line. Yeah, and I wanted to broach this with you now. Okay, should we do E3 next week? Are our predictions just so we're ahead of schedule? Yeah, or because by the time that would be a couple of weeks from E three proper. Okay, when when is E three? First week, second week of June. I think it's the beginning of the. I think it's like the sixth or the seventh. So is when it starts. Will, so this will be first week of May. So that episode would come out second week of May. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay, yeah, we can do that. Part of me, this is I'm just excited to do it. Yeah. Do we know all? Do are we confirmed with who all's going to be there? We're confirmed with unless someone drops that's new and play like. Yeah. I don't anticipate PlayStation deciding to show up. So, yeah. but I anticipate them doing something. Right. So, so we, should we do PlayStation predictions? I would. Okay. We could just bundle it if like something happens in the days right before or right after. We can yeah. consider it all. We'll work out the logistics. Yeah, we'll figure it out between us. I like it. But cool. we're, we're coming up on that time. Yeah. Uh, so to wrap up, I mean, my recommendation is Returnal. Yeah, same like, here. I figured that's the only logical way to end this episode. Is yeah. Returnal is really... Really enjoyable, really smooth, really fun. A lot of intrigue. I'm sure we'll have an update next week, too, as yeah. one of our little small news things, just yeah. to and see if, where we're at. If one or both of us beats it by that point, we can talk about the story and other aspects of it. We'll, yeah, for sure. We won't spoil it, but we will decide whether that's a, a good, you know, yeah, a, a addition to the game or something that detracts from the experience. But We could even do a spoiler cast the week we after if, if we both beat it in that we time. Could. But for now, get excited. Yeah. We've decided that E3 predictions are coming. We might we might blow it out. We might do something real fun. But I know we're always competitive when we do this. That's true. So I, for one, I've got a few up here that I haven't disclosed or <laughs> talked to about anybody because I don't want anyone anyhow coming around <laughs> back to you. Okay. So I'm not going to steal your predictions. You never know. I mean, we might think of some similar ones. I know. I don't, want, happens, I don't want to plant the seed. How many do you want to do? Five each? Like five per. Five per show? That sounds about That's right. a lot. Maybe like five per main, three per side. Or something like that. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. But for now, until then, get excited and we're tapping it.